Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church celebrates the Feast of the Body and Blood of Jesus Christ, what we formerly used to call Corpus Christi Sunday. Now, the readings are very appropriate for this celebration. Turn to the second reading from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Now, this is a very powerful reading and very appropriate what we celebrate here today. Notice what Paul says. He says, I received from the Lord what I had handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, essentially Paul is describing the earliest account of the Last Supper. Now, appreciate this scripture passage from Corinthians. Paul wrote this around the year 50 to 51 AD. It's the earliest account of the Last Supper. Now, if you look at the Gospels, Mark's Gospel is the earliest of all the Gospels. It was written some 10 to 15 years later, after Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And Paul also, along with Luke and Matthew, describe exactly what had happened during the time of the Last Supper. Now, Paul knows it with great detail. He knows exactly what happened. In fact, he knows exactly what Jesus said at the time of the Last Supper. And so, this is a powerful statement to make. The other thing that is so amazing about this is Paul is describing an event that he was never witness to. Paul never attended the Last Supper. And yet, how does he know what exactly happened? How does he know exactly what Jesus said and what he did? And why the words of Jesus Christ are so important. In fact, 2,000 years later, we've incorporated those words in our Mass. It's a part of the consecration. Those words, the words of Jesus Christ, spoken at the time of the Last Supper, are what we call the words of consecration. They are powerful, powerful enough to change the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And so it does beg the question, how does Paul know this? How does he know about an event that he never attended? Well, I think what we have to do is go to Galatians. Paul's letter to Galatians, chapter 1, verse 17. Paul talks about his conversion on the road to Damascus and how after that conversion, he didn't immediately consult with the apostles. Instead, he says that he fled into the Arabian desert and spent three years there before then he made his way up to Jerusalem to consult with the apostles. Now, the desert is a very powerful place, a spiritually charged place. If you look throughout the sacred scripture, it's a place where special things happen in the spiritual life. Even going back to the Old Testament, you know, the desert is a place where you encounter the Lord, and it's a place of preparation too. Now, in the Arabian desert, it's a great vast wilderness area. 
It's a region which very few people live, and yet Paul fled there. Well, what we also have to realize, within the Arabian desert is Mount Sinai. And if you look at the Old Testament, you see figures like Moses and Elijah going to Mount Sinai and speaking intimately with the Lord. And so we can only imagine that's exactly what happened to Paul. For three years, Paul was in that desert. You could say it was a period of preparation for Paul so that he could be prepared to learn about Jesus, his miracles, his teaching, his preaching, and then be able to be properly fitted, equipped to become an evangelist, an apostle. Now, the other thing that we have to take is the very beginning of the passage for this weekend, in which Paul says, I receive from the Lord what I also handed on to you. And so Paul is telling us, Jesus told Paul about everything that transpired over the past Last Supper and everything that Jesus did and said, and most importantly, why those words that Jesus gave to the apostles at the time of the consecration are so important and why we incorporated them in our Mass. And so Paul was instructed by the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now notice, Paul talks about the significance of the Last Supper and why we must continue to live that out every time we gather for Mass. In fact, Paul is stressing that the body and blood of Jesus Christ are at the very heart of our spiritual life, at the very heart of our faith. And therefore, we have to truly believe that what we receive at Mass truly is Jesus' body and his blood. Notice what Paul says at the very end of the scripture passage for this weekend. He says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes again. Well, now Paul is equating that the Eucharist that we celebrate now and the Eucharist that was initiated during the time of the Last Supper is our sacred meal. You could say our Passover. Now remember, before Paul's conversion, he was a very strict Jew. In fact, a zealous Jew. And he believed in the sacredness of the Jewish Passover and how the Passover for the Jews really is a story of deliverance, God delivering the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt into the Promised Land. And so the Jews, even to this day, celebrate the Passover with that mindset, recognizing the significance of God's intervention to save the Israelites. Well, we do the same thing. You know, that's what that Last Supper was all about. I think that's what Paul is trying to stress. This is what Jesus taught the apostles, that the Last Supper was now our Passover, the Christian Passover, as we refer to it as a Mass. We have to recognize every time, as Paul says, we eat his body and we drink his blood, we proclaim the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ until he comes again. Well, that's what the Passover is. We recognize that significant event of Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. And every time we gather for Mass, we recognize how through Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection, Jesus led us out of slavery. In this case, the slavery of sin and death. And now has given us the promised land. For us, the promised land is heaven. And therefore, we celebrate that every time we gather for Mass. And that's why the body and blood of Jesus Christ, you could say, is God's pledge to us. That the promise that was made at the time of the Last Supper is going to come true for each and every one of us. That's why it is so important for us to always be able to eat the body and drink the blood of Christ. 
because of the promise that God gives for us, the promise of eternal life. Now, stay with that concept of meal and life. Now, we all know food is sustenance for us. It sustains us. It's a source of life. We all have to be able to eat and drink in order for us to sustain life. Now, if you look in the sacred scriptures, you always see these very special meals that God has. Yes, for pragmatic reasons, they sustain us, keep us functioning as human beings, keep us alive. But take it to a spiritual level. These meals that God has for people in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament, they're sources of eternal life. More important, life that is now joined to God. I'll give you a few examples. Go into the book of Exodus. You see Abraham and Sarah. They encounter these three men suddenly. And then they exercise this frenzied hospitality. They make a meal for these three men. These three men eat the food that Sarah and Abraham prepare. They drink the water and the wine that they give them. And before the three men are about to leave, they proclaim or they prophesize that Sarah, a year from then, will give birth to their very first son. From that meal came the life of Isaac, the son of Abraham and Sarah. How about Elijah? As he's walking in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights to get to Mount Sinai, he's about to give up. He's so weakened, he can't walk anymore. He's about to lay down and die. And yet the angel appears to Elijah and he gives him a jug of water and cakes to eat and tells Elijah to eat. And Elijah eats the first time and then he falls asleep. And then the angel brings him more food and Elijah eats it. Suddenly, Elijah has enough energy to get up and complete his journey to Mount Sinai, where he encounters the Lord. How about the New Testament? Just look at Jesus himself. You know, how many meals has Jesus shared with other people? He always engaged this table fellowship with others. And he used meals as a source of teaching, preaching, for healing. Jesus used the meals as a source of life. Not just sustaining life, you know, pragmatically, but spiritual life. You know, as people engaged Jesus at a meal, you know, they were converted to Jesus. You know, they accepted his teaching, his way of life. But more importantly, they accepted Christ into their life. Well, now we have the Last Supper. You could say the supreme meal that Jesus celebrates right before his death on the cross. And he celebrates it with the apostles for the specific reason for the apostles then to continue that celebration that we now carry on 2,000 years later in our churches as we gather every weekend for Mass. Now we continue that same tradition and we recognize that the body and blood of Jesus Christ truly is the source of life for each and every one of us. Jesus reminds us that. You know, if you look at John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 54, Jesus specifically says, whoever eats my body and drinks my blood shall have eternal life. Well, that's why we come to Mass every weekend. And that's why we come and we eat and we drink, because of the promise that sustains us for all of eternity. One last thing to think about. When I was in retreat several years ago, we were talking about, uh, you know, the lack of uh, attendance at Mass. You know, not just at certain parishes, but throughout the entire world. Spiritual director, he had a great reason for that. He said one of the reasons why mass attendance is declining over you know, all parishes throughout the entire world 
Because he said the lack of true faith, true belief in the presence of God in the Eucharist. And he went on to say, he said, you know, if people really believed in the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, well, they would always be coming to Mass. You know, they would recognize that every time we come to Mass, we encounter the Lord. In fact, we have a concrete encounter with God. You know, his body is in our hand. His blood is in the chalice that we're drinking from. If people truly believed in that, that they are encountering God, they would be at Mass all the time. And so it is a crisis of faith that we have in our church. That's why it's so important for us to continue to believe and to help others, to catechize others, whether it's children, young people, or even adults, to truly recognize what we are receiving truly is Jesus, his body and his blood. And see, when we truly believe that, then there's nothing that can stop us in this world from coming to Mass. There's nothing more important in this world than Jesus' body and blood. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.